This is Marshall Davis. Today on the Tao of Christ, I continue my new series of broadcasts entitled The New Pilgrim's Progress, patterned after John Bunyan's 17th century classic, The Pilgrim's Progress. It is an allegorical pilgrimage through the landscape of 21st century American spirituality. Part 11, The Celestial City. Pilgrim and Truthful turned their backs on Evangelical and walked in silence. Several miles slipped by without encountering anyone. Finally, Pilgrim spoke. What do you make of the things my friend Evangelical told us? They were disturbing. I've always held that truth is expressed in ideas and concepts. His words made me think I had been wrong all along. Pilgrim nodded. I am also distraught over what he said. What is the gospel without doctrines and beliefs? What about the doctrine of the Trinity and the Incarnation? Are they not true? What about the virgin birth and the resurrection? What about salvation by grace through faith? Does this mean that Christianity is not true? Does it mean that other religions are just as valid as ours? Are there going to be Muslims in the celestial city? I don't know if I could handle that. As I understood evangelical, it is worse than that. It is not that every religion might be true. It means that no religion is true. Truth transcends religion and philosophy. I have a hard time getting my mind around that. What bothers me most is what he said about the scriptures. If the book is not our guide to the celestial city, then what is? How can we discern truth from falsehood? How will we test spirits? How will we get across the river? It is said that Leviathan swims those waters, devouring believers before they reach the other shore. How can we defeat him without the sword of the Spirit? I understand why evangelicals stayed here. They continued to walk and discuss the other things that evangelical had told them. As they traveled, the air grew noticeably sweeter and the sun warmer. This must be Beulah land, observed Pilgrim. I remember reading about it in the book. At least the book is still a trustworthy guide on this side of the river. Birds sang, their songs declared the glory of the Lord. Flowers bloomed around them. They seemed to proclaim the splendor of the Creator. Soon they came within sight of the river. On either side of the river were trees bearing fruit, twelve different kinds of fruit in their season. This must be the river of life. These are the tree of life whose leaves are for the healing of the nations. The river was broad, much wider than any river they had ever seen. In fact, it seemed more like a sea than a river. Across the river they could make out the city that was their destination. From the direction of the city they could hear voices of the residents of the city. The voices told of the magnificence of the one who dwells in the midst of the city. Pilgrim's heart pounded. My heart yearns for that city like for no other place. How shall we get across the river? It is wider than any earthly river, and I am sure it is as deep as it is wide. And I see no vessel which could take us across. We must swim it. It will take all of our strength and more, that is for sure. I think we need to get a good night's rest before we attempt a crossing. So the pilgrims decided to spend the night by the riverside. They made camp. They drank from the river. It was the sweetest water they had ever tasted. It was more like drinking light than water. They lay down next to the river to sleep, but sleep would not come. For one thing, it did not get dark in that land. It was too close to the city, where there is no night. 
Perhaps it was also the fruit of the tree of life which restored their strength. Or maybe it was because they were so excited to reach their destination. In any case, they could not sleep, although they tried their best. They lay down and closed their eyes. In that twilight realm between sleep and consciousness, Pilgrim dreamed. At least he thought it was a dream, but it may have been a vision, or it may have been reality. The boundaries between these states were blurred on this enchanted ground by the river. He dreamed of a stairway between earth and heaven with angels ascending and descending upon it. He dreamed of wrestling with one of the angels until at long length he received a blessing from him. What is your name? Pilgrim asked the wrestler. You asked me that once before, millennia ago, and I will not tell you then, neither will I tell you now. But to cross the river you must tell me your name, the new name that no one knows but you. Pilgrim spoke the name. When he did, the world dissolved around him. Every event of his life appeared before his eyes simultaneously. He could see beyond his own lifetime to the lives of his parents and grandparents. The vision branched like a tree, and he saw at one glance the lives of all his ancestors. He understood how these lives were connected to the lives of all humans who had ever lived. The tree branched to include his pre-human ancestors, primates who also bore the image of God. All of life was one life, which is the life of God. Earth was but one small and brief episode of the big story. The story transcended this planet, the solar system, this galaxy, and even this universe. He dropped into the singularity from which our universe was born and found himself in the parent universe which spawned our own. From that universe he dropped again into another one that spawned that one. Then there was another. There was universe upon universe. Finally the multiverse collapsed into eternity. Pilgrim heard music like he had never heard before. It was the song of creation. He recognized it as the song sung by the birds and the river. The music flowed over him like water. Pilgrim was jolted awake by the water. He sat up abruptly, wiped his eyes, and saw his friend Truthful standing over him, dripping wet. Sorry to startle you, friend, but you have been asleep for hours, and I could not wake you. The only way I could think to arouse you is by splashing handfuls of water on you from the river. It's time to get going. Pilgrim stood up. He did not say a word to Truthful about his vision. He would not have been able to describe what he had seen even if he tried. And he did not want to try. He knew that speaking the vision would have changed it into something completely different. In silence he stepped into the river. Truthful followed. They waded a thousand feet. It was only up to their ankles. They walked another thousand and it was up to their knees. Another thousand brought it to their waists. When it reached their chests, they had to sink or swim. I have a confession to make, said Truthful. I never learned to swim. Now you tell me. Come on, get on my back. I will carry you, offered Pilgrim without a second thought. I lost one friend due to my fear and cowardice. I will not lose another, even if it costs me my life. That is when he remembered words spoken by the wrestler in his dream, Whoever seeks to save his life will lose it. 
but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Pilgrim continued walking with Truthful on his back. When the water grew deeper, Truthful climbed onto his shoulders. The water went over Pilgrim's head. He held his breath and kept walking. He would not abandon Truthful even if it meant his death. Having seen the birth and death of stars and endless universes, the death of his earthly body seemed unimportant in comparison. All that mattered was that somehow, in some form, he reached the other shore. Truthful began to squirm and struggle. The water must be going over his head, thought Pilgrim. Then Truthful was off his shoulders. Pilgrim floated to the surface and caught a breath of air. He saw Truthful thrashing in the water beside him. Calm down, Pilgrim commanded him. Lean back and try to float on your back. Stretch out your arms straight and put your arms on my shoulders. Just relax. I will swim you to the other shore. We will get there together. Truthful was in a panic and could not hear a word. He grabbed Pilgrim by the neck, choking him and pulling him under. He fought with Truthful, wrestling with him under the water. Pilgrim elbowed him on the side and punched at his face to get him to release his grip. We shall both die here in this river, thought Pilgrim. They wrestled in the dark waters for what seemed to be hours. Words from the book came to Pilgrim's mind, and he prayed the words as if they were his own. I called out to the Lord, out of my distress, and he answered me. Out of the belly of Sheol I cried, and you heard my voice. For you cast me into the deep, into the heart of the seas, and the flood surrounded me. All your waves and your billows passed over me. Then I said, I am driven away from your sight. The waters closed in over me to take my life, and the deep surrounded me. Weeds were wrapped around my head at the roots of the mountains. I went down to the land whose bars closed upon me forever. Yet you brought up my life from the pit, O Lord my God. The water swallowed Pilgrim, and he lost consciousness. When he awoke, he found himself sprawled on the riverbank. The first thing he did was look around for Truthful. Seeing no one, he concluded that he must have drowned. He fell to his knees and wept. I have failed again, he cried. Then he heard Truthful's voice. No, you have been faithful to the end. We have reached our goal. We are on the other shore. Pilgrim looked around but saw no one. Where are you, friend? I am with you always, even to the end of the age. I hear you, but I do not see you. Where are you? I am within you, guiding you. Are you dead? asked Pilgrim. Pilgrim looked around him. Am I dead? If I am on the other shore, where is the celestial city? I do not see it. It's just over the hill. Walk and see. Pilgrim walked. On the side of the river there was no path. It was wide and open space. He could smell the fragrance of the tree of life. The air was filled with light. The song of the universe, which he had heard in his vision, could be distinctly heard. I am certainly across the river. He began to run. He saw a house in the distance. Perhaps the residents of that humble home can tell me where the celestial city is, he said aloud. He ran to the door and knocked. The door opened and his father stood before him. Dad! What are you doing here? From behind his father came the voice of his mother. Who is it, dear? Pilgrim's father did not answer. 
Instead, he reached out and gathered Pilgrim in his arms and held him. Pilgrim's mother appeared and likewise embraced her son. You have come back, she cried with tears streaming down her face. We thought you were dead. Pilgrim replied, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. I see you are still religious, his father said. Well, that is fine. We will not stand in your way. Son, come around to the back so we can talk. I will bring you something to eat. You must be famished, his mother said, hurrying to the kitchen. Pilgrim's father took him to the backyard. I need to chop some firewood. Care to help? Pilgrim smiled. Sure, Dad. Great. First hand me that water bottle over there. I am very thirsty. Pilgrim carried the water to his father. I suspect you are thirstier than you realize, Pilgrim replied with a grin. This is the end of The New Pilgrim's Progress, which is my retelling of John Bunyan's classic work. I hope you have enjoyed it. If you're interested in reading a print copy, you can find it on Amazon under the title The Seeker's Journey, a contemporary retelling of Pilgrim's Progress. You can find my blog and a link to my other books on marshalldavis.us. Next time on The Tao of Christ, I plan to start a series of original teachings on Christian non-duality. I hope you will join me on thedowofchrist.com. Christ.com.